So I was sitting there, I remember about three or four days after I woke up, I was talking to the doctor. I said, doctor, I can't move my legs. I can't feel my legs. And he kind of put his head down. And uh, he said, coach, he said, uh, you're probably never going to walk again. What's up? Where are you right now? I am sitting at home. I just got back from the cabin. That's funny. I'm sitting at home too. Well, I'm laying on the floor of my office. Why are you on the floor? Uh, better sound quality down here, I guess. <laughs> I wanted you to say, oh, the room is filled with smoke. It's the only way to get away from the smoke. <laughs> like, you should just get out of the building, man. All right, so you got the bonus material for this week. Pretty harrowing yeah. stuff, right? It is, and his his telling of it is so sort of matter of fact. It, it, it almost sort of it sort of drains a little bit of the drama out of it. <laughs> it's like when you hear the, when, when you hear what happened, especially if you know a little bit about you know the, the the medical side of what happened to him. You kind of like, whoa, this should really be more dramatic in the <laughs> in the telling because that's serious, serious stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever have you ever met anybody that that this has happened to. No, I've never met anyone that this has happened to. Well, just a quick note for our listeners: if you haven't listened to our interview with Coach June Jones entitled "Love Is the Difference," you might want to pause this here and go back and give it a listen. We're proud of the episode, but it also provides very important context to the story you're about to hear. So, back in March, I found myself talking on the phone to my old friend John McLean. John's a sports journalist, and when my head's been buried in the sand and I've lost track of what's happening in the world of football, he's my go-to guy. And not surprisingly, he's also the person who gave us the idea for our show about June. The conversation started out rather technical, but see if you can hear where it makes a sharp left-hand turn. And so it was worth taking the penalty. They put that rule in there because other teams complained about it. And 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 uh, athletic directors and presidents complained to the NCAA, so they put it in, and and he took the penalty wisely. Another reason people believe in June is because he was dead, and brought back to life after his incredible car accident. And I was like, wait, what? And John was like, oh yeah, you didn't know about that. And when um, the times I've talked to him about it through the years, and when I see him, and there's other people there asking to tell him about it, and he still gets choked up about it, but because of what June has accomplished on and off the field, including coming back from being declared dead, then I think that's another reason people are drawn to him. I was like, okay, I'm hooked. So a few days later, I sat down to have my conversation with Coach June Jones. I looked down to my notes, and there... In the top margin of the first page, 
was the question I just had to ask. What's it like to be dead and then come back? I shouldn't be alive. Uh, um, I tore my aorta. And normally when you tear your aorta, if they don't find it within 10 to 15 minutes and fix it, you're, you're dead, number one. And even if they do get it fixed in that 10 to 15 minutes, you're paralyzed from the waist down for, for life. And I remember coming out of the uh, uh, coma, which was induced about March 6th, and I had tubes everywhere, both lungs, everything was blown up and fixed. And so I was sitting there, and I remember about three or four days after I woke up, I was talking to the doctor. I said, doctor, I can't move my legs. I can't feel my legs. And he kind of put his head down. And uh, he said, coach, he said, uh, you're probably never going to walk again. And I, I just sat there. I said, what? He says, you're probably going to be uh, a paraplegic and never walk again. Uh, and then he told me, you know, why and how and everything. So I just refused. I mean, I refused that to happen. And so I kept trying to move my legs, kept trying to do it. And finally, about two days later, the bathroom in this hospital room was like right there. And I remember getting on the side of the bed, and I finally stood up. And I had my hand on the wall, and I moved my leg and got into the bathroom. I wanted to look in the mirror and see, because I had, I had a, a cut, I had staples all over here. I mean, I was messed up. And I grabbed the bar of soap, came back to the bed, and when the doctor came in the, uh, came in the next day, I gave him the bar of soap. He said, what is this? I said, I went in the bathroom and got that. And he kind of looked at me, you know, oh, okay, you know, and so... I, you know, from being a professional football player and from coaching, as long as I coach, if you were ever in the training room, you'd lose your job. Somebody else is going to take your job. So I was not going to stay in the hospital. So I remember him telling me, I, I, and this now comes about March 10th, he says, I said, how long do you think I'm going to be in this hospital? He said, Coach, you've got a long rehab. You've got a long way to go. You're going to be here probably till July, maybe. Da, 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 we'll have you through transfer you to physical therapy and all that kind of stuff. And so he, he left the room, and I looked at Artie. And I said, I'm not staying in here. And uh, on March 16th, I pulled every tube out of me, my lungs, my arms, my nose, every tube. And I said, Artie, I want to go home. He said, come on, man, you can't do it. I said, get down here right now and get me. I, I think that mentality got me well faster, you know, obviously. Just from knowing that if you ever got hurt as a player, man, you better get back on back onto the field or they're going to replace you, you know. And that, that attitude, you know, just was I lived with it for 20 years. So, so when that accident happened, I was just dedic determined that I wasn't going to be in that hospital. And and you can say it's stupid, you can say whatever, but I've never been back to the doctor since. You still had to take some time off, though. Uh, was your was your? I took a little time from the practice. I didn't go to spring ball, but I was on the field come fall practice. I was there. I couldn't. My legs still don't work very good. And at that time, I was really careful. I couldn't really walk real good. Uh, but I I was determined to be able to try to run, try to do it. It was just it just never. No, I'm just worked. assuming you got support from your your team and your school. Oh yeah, at that yeah, time. definitely, definitely. I I remember watch walking in on my crutches. Uh, to watch the spring game in my office. Uh, I didn't go down on the field, but the, co the assistant coaches had run spring that, that year. And, uh, and that was a, you know, kind of like the time I said, okay, I'm back. I got back to the office, and now I'm watching practice. And so 
I was determined to be back on the field by, you know, middle of July when we went to training camp. So I can only imagine that that boosted morale with within your players yeah, to see did, you coach uh, getting back on yeah, his feet. Yeah, it did. It did. I, I think. Uh, uh, I, I think I don't know. I don't know. The ESPN did a uh, one of those stories about it, and I remember they interviewed some of the players, and I still to this day I, I listen to what they said about you know the thing, and it was motivating. In fact, actually, we had one of our best seasons. Uh, Nick Rolovich was the quarterback. Uh, we finished uh, eleven and three, I think, that year, and BYU was rated number eight. We beat him seventy-two to forty-five the last game. It was quite a game. That's the, sort of like what I was interested in, though, is the there was a necessity for him to get out of the bed. You know, I love how he's at the top of his game and has really turned around this college program, and even he is afraid of, of losing his job. I know, right? That was still the thing that was on his, on his mind, like, get back out there before you get replaced. I was like, wow, that was, that's, a, that's a competitive human being right there. And the the I mean just the drive to to get to get in that bathroom just get that bar of soap. Oh right, soap. That's right. <laughs> and the proof. <laughs> like when the doctor comes in and is like, "You can't walk." Oh yeah, what do you call this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an amazing. You know, it, it's an amazing story. I, I I don't know why I feel like you or me or somebody or if we had lawyers, somebody should uh, chime in and say, you know. Um, pulling the tubes out of your body and walking out of the hospital after an aortic dissection is not is against your doctor's orders and not advisable. Your results may vary. <laughs> so like, there's like a disclaimer is required. <laughs> like this is results are not typical. You know, like this is not the kind of thing that this is not the kind of thing that people just walk away from, which makes it so extraordinary. Our thanks for this bonus episode go out to John McLean and Coach June Jones. We're glad you're still with us. The Well is produced, edited, and recorded by Brandon Edgens and myself, Anson Mount. Our theme music was performed and recorded by Brandon, based on music composed by Jonathan Myberg. Extra music by Komiku. You can find out more about them and more about June Jones' ongoing charitable work in Samoa at our website, thewellpod.com. That's thewellpod.com. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you.